Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Jesus was no stranger to pilgrimage. He had traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and then his family escaped to Egypt before returning back to Israel. At the age of 30, Jesus began a new phase of his pilgrimage by going to see John the Baptist by the River Jordan. I'm reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the River Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven being torn open and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son who I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Holy Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. May God add blessing to this reading. I begin today by sharing with you a story from a member in my congregation. The story is about a man named Charlie. The year was 1960. It was summer and hot. Charlie was a college student. He was from Fresno and grew up there with his family. His family also had a mountain house, an hour and a half drive away in Huntington Lake. The mountain house was 7,000 feet higher in elevation. Charlie's family often went to the lake on the weekends for cooler temperatures. One day in the late summer, Charlie and his younger brother decided not to drive to the house. Instead, they would walk the entire 73 miles. The brothers began walking on a Friday at 12 noon. Charlie put on his hush puppies and grabbed a bottle of water and a few candy bars. Had Charlie ever walked that far before? Nope. Was Charlie well prepared? No. Now I told Charlie I was going to tease him a bit because the sermon for today is about preparation. And I'm not so sure Charlie was well prepared for his journey. So how did Charlie's height go? You'll have to wait until next week to find out. This is the second sermon in my series on my pilgrimage to Santiago, Spain. If you missed last week, I encourage you to listen to the previous episode on this podcast. My pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James, required that my mother and I walk 73 miles. It took us six days. When mom and I signed up for our Camino trip, we knew we would have to prepare. Neither of us was accustomed to walking 12 plus miles a day. For a few months in advance, my mother and I received a readiness plan from a fitness guru who was recommended by our travel agent. Our fitness guru started us out by walking three days a week for only three miles each time. 
I found that relatively easy to do. Burlingame is an easy city in which to walk. I walk the kids to school and back in the morning and then walk to pick them up in the afternoon. I can walk to the church in downtown. I walk the dogs multiple times daily. I can easily walk three miles three days a week. Then our miles increased. Each week we slowly added distance. I mainly walked to Coyote Point and around the waterfront. I walked many neighborhoods. Two weeks before we left, I walked 30 miles in one week. One day, I walked 10 miles. I had never walked so much in my life. I knew I needed to prepare for the journey that awaited me. Preparing for a journey is not new to the people in the Bible. Jesus himself had to prepare for his ministry. For the first 30 years of his life, Jesus prepared for ministry as a student of Jewish scripture. After his religious education, he then had to walk about 80 miles from Nazareth down to the Jordan River for the next step in his preparation, his baptism by John the Baptist. And then Jesus' preparation continued. Following his baptism, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. He faced temptations that strengthened him for the journey ahead. He spent alone time with God in prayer and conversation. Jesus was preparing himself for his three-year public ministry. Jesus was prepared. And then Jesus' disciples also had to prepare to follow Jesus. First, Jesus' disciples said, yes, I'm going to follow. And then their preparation began in earnest. St. James was one of the first four men to answer the call. St. James and the disciples walked with Jesus everywhere. They listened carefully. They watched the miracles. Jesus was the teacher and they were the disciples. St. James and the other disciples did not know that they were preparing for lifelong ministries. And then after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, James, for whom the Camino de Santiago is named, took the message of Jesus as far west as the Atlantic coast of Portugal and Spain. All that walking, all that listening, all that watching was needed for James to complete his task. St. James was prepared. Today, we Christians know about preparation. We spend the four weeks before Christmas, which are called Advent, preparing for the birth of Jesus. Later in the Christian year, we spend the 40 days before Easter, which are known as Lent, preparing for Jesus' death and resurrection. Every Sunday, we prepare our hearts and minds to listen to the word of God and respond. We cannot be Christians without first preparing for our Christian pilgrimage. For my Spanish pilgrimage, my mom and I prepared by having a plan. A plan is necessary. It's part of preparation. A plan tells you where to go and how you'll get there. We found a tour with a detailed plan for us. Mom and I knew where we were flying and where we would stay. We knew where to begin the route and where we would stop each evening. We had a plan. In addition to our plan, we also had to prepare mentally for unexpected challenges. When you believe that you have all your plans laid out, plans unravel. When we make plans, God, I think, sometimes laughs. 
we had to prepare ourselves that we might just have to go with the flow on occasion. For example, our plan did not include mom missing her flight to Portugal, not her fault, and arriving a full day late. We made other preparations. We got those plane tickets, checked our passports, and updated our COVID vaccination cards. Thanks to the help of my husband, Nathan, we bought new shoes, lightweight backpacks, water bottles, and hiking poles. We were told to pack lightly in one small suitcase. Our backpacks and luggage were prepared. And then the preparation continued. Before we left, my mom and I did lots of reading. We watched YouTube videos about the Camino. We watched a movie with Martin Sheen and his son titled The Way. Mom did more reading than me. She compiled biblical quotations, historical records, and quotations from recent pilgrims on the Camino. She wanted to understand fully and appreciate the walk ahead of her. We were prepared mentally. We also prepared by learning more about the area where we were going. Galicia, an area I had never heard of before, is in the northwestern corner of Spain. The Atlantic Ocean is both west and north of the region. While part of a larger nation, Galicia has its own history, culture, and language. We listened to the weather as well as the local food. We were excited and wanted to know what we would encounter. So we were almost fully prepared, a plan, physical activity, learning and packing. We had just one more task to prepare ourselves for this pilgrimage. Most importantly of all, mom and I had to prepare spiritually. One pilgrim wrote that, quote, the preparation is as important as the journey itself. The preparation is as important as the journey itself. She went on to say that preparing to walk the Camino taught me how necessary it is to remember the benefits and rewards of endless preparation in any aspect of life. This pilgrim went on to say, let me say it again, preparing to walk the Camino taught me how necessary it is to remember the benefits and rewards of endless preparation in any aspect of life. Parents who are raising children to adulthood can miss the beauty and joy of these young ones as they nurture, care for, and discipline them. Students easily sidestep the marvelous things they learn as they face the pressure of grades and papers. Church staff lose sight of the possibilities of spiritual growth when they get mired in endless planning for church programs and worship. Another aspect that I had to remember. Spiritually preparing for the Camino meant that I was going to have to leave what I knew well and be ready to encounter something new. I would have to be vulnerable and open to the unexpected. I would have to be ready for change and hardship. In order for a deeper relationship with God, I had to be willing to move into new places. I prepared by praying and speaking with God. I asked God to open my heart and to ensure a safe and fulfilling trip. I asked God to care for my family and church while I was away. I had to trust that the trip was a good move for me and that God would guide my journey. Mom and I were prepared. We had a plan. We had walked a lot. We had packed. We had studied. And we were ready spiritually. We were prepared. We had a plan. We had walked a lot. We had packed. We had studied. 
and we were ready spiritually. You too are on a pilgrimage. You too are a pilgrim. But to be successful, each of us has to prepare for our journey. We must trust that God is with us, walking with us, and protecting us and our loved ones along the way. And the good news today is that there are ways to prepare for that journey. Our United, our United Methodist tradition offers us some simple yet wonderful ways to prepare to meet God. Methodists call these preparations the means of grace. We call these preparations the means of grace. The means of grace are spiritual practices through which God gives deep grace and guidance to everyone who observes these spiritual disciplines. John Wesley, our founder, defines these means of grace as outward signs, words, and actions given to us by God so that we might experience God's grace and presence. We have means of grace. They're spiritual disciplines we participate in. And by doing them, these outward signs, words, and actions, God gives us grace. We feel God's presence. While we never earn God's grace, we are not to wait idly to experience God's grace. These spiritual practices strengthen our faith, restore us to a deeper relationship with God, and offer us directions for our journey. The means of grace are divided into two groups works of piety and works of mercy. These spiritual practices parallel Jesus' commands to love God and love our neighbors. Works of piety, love God. And works of mercy, love our neighbors. Works of piety are our inward journey with and to God. They are spiritual practice that strengthen us internally. These works of piety include reading the Bible, praying, attending worship, and receiving the Lord's Supper. Reading the Bible helps us listen to God. Praying keeps us in communication with God. Worshiping keeps our focus on God, and receiving Holy Communion allows us to be fed by God. We listen, we communicate, we keep focus, we're fed, nourished, sustained. These are works of piety. They prepare us for the journey by connecting us to God. Yet for us to be fully prepared, we cannot only focus on works of piety. Loving God alone is not enough. Works of mercy are our outward journey within to God. Works of mercy are the spiritual practices that enable us to offer restoration and peace to the people we love and the community in which we live. These spiritual practices show that we love our neighbors. It's visiting the sick, remembering people in prison, feeding the hungry, and giving generously to the needs of others. We engage in works of mercy by seeking justice for rich and poor, ending oppression and discrimination towards persons different from us, and addressing the deep needs of the people living in the margins of our culture. What are some specific works of mercy for us in this congregation? Can you volunteer to help a family in need? Give to the special Backpack Palooza offering. Be with us on Friday nights or on that last Saturday of the month when we feed others. Advocate for people who are hungry and homeless in our own community. Invite our family, friends, and neighbors to join us in worship, to join us in serving. We need to serve and give and invite. These are the works of mercy. These acts prepare us to love our neighbors. These acts of piety and mercy. These are the means of grace. They provide the path for us to continue as pilgrims. 
We gather today to prepare ourselves spiritually to encounter God. We need God in this, our life journey. How is God preparing you? What means of grace do you prefer? Which means do you neglect? As you write in your passport this week, or if those of you at home not with our congregation in person, write down, jot down some thoughts. What are your spiritual preparation for life's pilgrimage? My mom and I were prepared for ours. We were physically ready, mentally ready. We were spiritually ready. And next week, I can't wait to tell you about how our pilgrimage began. Thanks be to God. Amen.